The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm your host, Chris Kaufman. I'm here with Simon Clancy and Alf Artiaga. Um, by the way, we've done an entire pod, uh, but I think we trashed it all, where we uh, went through every single quarterback in the draft landscape, and we told you who the Miami Dolphins are going to draft uh, that is going to help us win the Super Bowl and be the answer to all of our prayers. But it has been deleted. So, uh, sorry. Uh, we're going to get on a podcast about the Chicago Bears preview. Uh, they are coming to town. They're coming to Miami. We get to play them at home finally after playing two games on the road and sucking really badly. We play the game at home, and we're going to get to it. But right now, there was some news earlier this week as Simon Clancy announced that he is out on Ryan Tannehill for good. Well, not really, but for mostly good. Almost. Okay. If he starts winning, I guess I'll Simon, I mean, if he what play, was it? If he played, listen, if he plays well at the weekend, I'm back in, but no, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that, I'm not that fickle. I mean, two weeks running and I'll be back in. But yeah, I was just, I'm just, I don't know. Just, yeah, but fair, so fair warning, just, fair tough. warning, Simon. Uh, he can have 150 quarterback ratings the next two weeks, but he does have yeah. to go back onto the road in three. Essentially, he's had, we've got to play eight games away from Miami. That's yeah. so, well, so. Now, now only five. So yeah, yeah. Did you? Uh, well, yeah. Did you see? Um, just apropos of nothing. Did you see a uh, Peter King's uh, Football Morning in America column on Monday in which he referred to Tannehill as utterly pathetic? Which I thought was quite. I thought was quite harsh. It was just like, that oh, okay. Was, he usually was even worse. <laughs> he usually ref, let me find it. He usually refers to um. He usually refers to people utterly pathetic who are like you know beating their wives up or something. <laughs> oh, it was, um, where are we? Man just had a daughter, it, and I'm I'm it, sure his wife loves him very much. <laughs> no, it was incredible. It was just like, wow, Pete. Okay, I mean that was uh that is strong. Did Peter King I talk about say, pumpkin beer and like uh, a new coffee oh, yeah. he drank or anything like that or no? Definitely. Before getting straight into this uh, this cranberry walnut salad that he had. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I will say yeah. this about Tannehill. There's there's something weird going on and you know, I don't I don't know if I want to open up another uh, thirty six minute podcast segment about quarterbacks, but um there's something weird going on with Tannehill this year. It's you know, he had kind of he had kind of plateaued and leveled off in the three years in 2014, 15, and 16 on the way that he handled pressure. And I don't mean this in a bad way leveled off. I mean, like, he had kind of come into his own uh, as a veteran in the way that he the way that he handled pressure in terms of, you know, sack percentages, how often he gets hit, how often he gets sacked uh, based on how many pressures he's taking, um, how many, you know, how what is accuracy? What is accuracy is throwing and getting to – getting to the right platform so that he can exhibit his trademark accuracy, which I think is one of the strong suits of Orion Tannehill to begin with. Uh, 
But this year is way off off the map for him. I mean, he is he is getting sacked and hit uh, way more as a percentage of his of his pressures. It's not that he's getting pressured like every snap. Unlike you know, people will try and say that that's happening. That's not really happening. But when there is pressure, I mean, he's just going down for the sack. He's just getting hit way more. He's not able to protect himself. And I I I think that we're seeing the knee. I think we 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 talked a lot about no well you know, there's no sign that the knee's anything wrong with it but but yeah there is because you know he is not effective like he is not 2016 or 2015 or 2014 Tannehill when it comes to handling pressure um, or or even from an accuracy standpoint when uh, in, when he's handling pressure I think we're seeing I think we're seeing the you know him in the midst of trying to come back from this very serious injury and this very serious surgery that he had just last year. So two weeks ago, Peter King had him as number five on his MVP list when we were 3-0. and out. He was the, he was the, <laughs> Genuinely. Here's what wow. he wrote in his awards section. So he, he does player, offensive player of the week, defensive player of the week, special teams player of the week, coach of the week, and then he has a section called goats of the week. Now, <laughs> I'll preface it by saying that Mason Crosby, the Packers kicker, you probably all saw, missed five kicks. In the loss against Detroit, which would have given, which would have given Green Bay the victory over Detroit, five kicks. Mason Crosby missed four field goals and a point after. So that's at thirteen points since he left on the field. And it wasn't like he didn't miss like eighty yarders. He missed a forty-one yarder, a forty-two yarder, a thirty-eight yarder, a point after, and then a fifty-six yarder. So you know, a couple of semi-chip shots for somebody's experience as Crosby. Peter King referred to to Mason Crosby as um, your struggle to win when you have an errant kicker. An errant kicker, he called him. This is what he said about Ryan Tannehill. Hmm, mild. After Miami had a 17-0 lead with 24 minutes left, these were the next five Tannehill possessions. Not offensive possessions, Tannehill possessions. Three and out, pick six, punt, strip sack return for a touchdown, interception. This utterly pathetic display by Tannehill followed an even worse one last week. He left trailing the Patriots 38 to nothing. The Dolphins, thanks to these two forgettable games by Tannehill and friends, are the same old Dolphins despite the 3-2 and two record. Mason Crosby, I shall remind you, missed five kicks, but he's just an errant kicker. Errant kicker. <laughs> an errant kicker. He's not utterly pathetic. It wasn't an utterly pathetic display. There you go. You know, and, and how, many, how many games, how many actual games do you think it's been since Peter King had Tannehill way up in the power rankings before. Oh, I don't think ever. I don't really like Peter King. Like, how many actual good. games that Tannehill's played has it been? Like maybe, what, seven? Maybe. I, mean, I, think he's, I think he's great, and I think that column is absolutely fantastic. And if you listen, Peter, this is not a criticism of you per se. It's just a little bit strong yes, for one person out of 11 who was, you know, fucking up as badly as anybody else. Anyway, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Peter King, and I bet, see what I did there, bet... He would never call Tom Brady utterly pathetic. Talking of betting, look what I did there, how I just worked that in. We have a sponsor, as I'm sure you probably know by now, BetDSI. They are now celebrating 20 years online. And listen, if I'm doing anything, if I'm buying a jacket, a car or a house, I'm looking for a company who has a good reputation, great service. And when it comes to betting, I want fast payment. And essentially, if I win, just give me my cash straight away. That's it. You can do it on your mobile. They've got an excellent interface so you can play, you can win, and you can get paid quickly anytime, anyplace, anywhere. 
Now, our colleagues here at BetUSI, we're going to help you. They're going to offer you double your money on your first deposit. So deposit now, start winning, and get up to $2,500 for free. Double your money from the get-go. I saw a bet last weekend in the in the Swiss game where Miami managed to pay off the officials so that they ended up beating <laughs> FSU when FSU were about to go 31-7 up from that double pass touchdown to Keith Gabbard that inexplicably got called back. They had this bet where if you bet $100, if you lost, they just give you your money back. I mean, that's just a win-win. They have every kind of bet that you could want or imagine. If it's happening, they will essentially have a line on it. NFL, NCAA, Major League Baseball. Uh, I'm sure you boys probably bet on the McGregor fight at the weekend. The Premier League football, esports, political stuff. The, the next uh, UN Secretary General will probably be Ivanka Trump. I'm sure you can get a line on that. <laughs> Join today using promo code YARDS101. That's YARDS101 to get in the game and get paid. So do not stand on the sidelines like these two clowns. Enjoy the games that much more when you pay at play, even at betdsi.com. Boom. Let's do some news. So we were pretty hamstrung last week by uh, essentially morons coming into the game, replacing injured players. See what I did there. Um, It looks like our good players, the injured good players, are going to return potentially all but Bobby McCain. Andre Branch practiced today, but the biggest news of all, although he remains in concussion protocol, that Laramie Tunsil was dressed, he warmed up, he went through a few bits and pieces before practice. Losing him probably was as much the reason why we lost that game against the Bengals as anything else, because Sam Young, essentially, the only thing Sam Young didn't do was take take money for his turnstile um, <laughs> when he was letting defensive ends through to tackle Tannehill. Um, Getting Tunsil back is huge, isn't it? Especially, I mean, I know Kelly or Mac rushes from the opposite side, but, you know, having both Juwan James and Laramie Tunsil, because the, right. as we'll talk about, the Bears have got a good front and you can't go into that game with Sam Young protected because surely, surely what you do is if you're the Bears, you, you just flip Kelly or to the... I mean, Kelly or Mac could break Derek Thomas's sack record if Sam Young's playing. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's not good news for anybody. And also getting Branch back just into that rotation is, is critical, isn't it? I think getting him back would be, would be huge. A couple of other players, I think. I think, Chris, you mentioned I mean, Particularly that, that, um, the quarterback, uh, Trubisky's mobility yeah. and, and the way well, that he can get out on, um, on those zone reads that some, they run some of the time there. Um, Andre Branch has – he's a very mobile defensive end. So yeah. uh, mm. you play that. Pretty well. He's a hard, he's a hard worker as well, Branch. Isn't he? He's a guy that really he's a hustle player. Does a lot of hustling, 20, 30 yard downfield when we inevitably give up big plays, and Branch is often kind of you know there. But that it's, I think it's good news to get some of those guys back. And, and Tunsil, I think Tunsil's been playing really, really well this season, and um, I think it's critical to get him back. Yeah, penalties yeah. notwithstanding, I have to penalties say that. Every, yeah, he's the most. He is the most penalized offensive lineman in football since he's been drafted. Um, and and as long as that's true, then then we get to talk shit about it. Yeah, you got to understand if you're a quarterback and you have Larry Tunsil back there, you got to have a sense of confidence return. You know, after yes. after you just saw Sam Young uh, threaten your life for a quarter and a half. Yeah. So uh, I think that this is all good, and it'd be great if all of them came back. But what, the one I'm interested in seeing if he actually plays or not is Devonte Parker, because mm. Adam Gase seemed like he was he was pretty excited about the prospect. What do you guys make of him coming back? Would he make a difference? Do you think? I, I think he'd make a difference from what, uh, and based on what we talked about the other night, because I think 
I think we need a big receiver in that in that offensive system. I actually look at the Bears and uh, and they mirror Miami very similarly in terms of you've got a mobile quarterback who's a bit inconsistent in Trubisky versus Tannehill. Mm-hmm. You've got an underrated running back who doesn't get the ball as much as he should. Jordan Howard, Kenyon Drake. You've got small guys at receiver in terms of you know um, Anthony Miller. You've got uh, Taylor Gabriel. You, who are kind of, you know, your Kenny Stills, your Albert Wilson, your, your Tariq Cohen is a bit Jakeem Granty. Obviously, Tariq runs the ball a little bit more, but they're kind of, you know, they're similar guys. You've got kind of highly exciting. I think Albert Wilson and, and Tariq Cohen are pretty yeah, similar. Yeah, absolutely. You've got yeah. kind of un, those kind of tight ends and Trey Burton and, and Mike Jasicki are athletic and kind of obviously mm-hmm. Burton's a bit more, um, you know. And then you've got like a Devontae Parker and Kevin White, these kind of high first-round draft pick receivers who've, kind of flattered to see Parker's done more than white, but they're kind of still underachieving, inconsistent receivers. I think there's a lot of similarities between the two, you know, the two offenses, certainly in terms of how they match up. But I um, that didn't really answer your question, Alf, but I just thought it was an interesting point that you fuckers needed to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'll ask it of, of Chris. Chris, does he make a difference? Because we were talking about this the other day on WhatsApp. There are certain routes that Ryan Tannehill will only throw to Devontae Parker? It, it really depends. Sometimes I think that they've got their heads up their asses. So I, you know, I don't know if it makes a difference or not. Um, I will say though, that in this particular game, the guy that you seem that you want to pick on, uh, depending on Prince of Mukamara's health uh, is Kevin Tolliver. Hmm. And that's the guy that, uh, that other teams have been a little bit more consistent being able to pick on and he seems to be more uh, susceptible to speed um, than he does you know like a big guy like um, like a Mike Evans or some somebody like that because Kevin Tolliver himself is six foot two so so I don't know if if that's necessarily the the money matchup I think this is the game for Kenny Stills to uh, to do some things and step up because he's the guy that can be moved all around. He can be moved into the slot against um, Bryce Callahan. He can, he can be moved over to, Ke- to Kevin Tolliver's side and, and do some of the things that Deshaun Jackson did uh, to him when, you know, Tampa Bay wasn't just, you know, incredibly inept during that game. Um, I think that – I don't know if – I don't know if Devontae I, – I get that the idea of Devontae coming back because some of the ways that defenses have been playing Miami – hurt them hurt those small wide receivers and so you, you you want a bigger guy back in there I don't know if this is necessarily the game to do that I could be wrong um but uh I I don't know if I see it being a huge factor yeah I think what you want is you want Devontae m- matched up on Kyle Fuller their number one corner and essentially yeah, you, then, yeah. you, then, you then want Take to each other out. <laughs> exactly and then but then yeah. that opens everything you know I'm going to back Kenny I'm going to back mm-hmm. Kenny on you know on Kevin Tolliver or Sherrick McManus right. I'm going to back out I'm going to exactly. back Albert on you know Callahan or Marcus Cooper or whoever that's the they're the matchups I'm looking for so if Devontae and plays Parker does think, tend to take that top guy absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely they, they you end know, up getting it matched up if Devontae doesn't play then all of a sudden that knocks that knocks Kyle down onto that knocks Fuller down onto Kenny and then you know that kind of you're then looking at Albert and Jakeem a little bit more. And, you know, I think if you can, if you can almost get those two, the two number one guys in inverted commas, I think if you can do that, then that opens things up because you're getting lesser caliber talent mm-hmm. in a Bryce Callahan or a Marcus Cooper or a Kevin Tolliver or whatever matched up on, you know, higher rated guys in terms of Jakeem and Albert and Kenny and, and those kind of things. That's, that, that's what I'm looking for. One, one guy who, who does look like he, he's going to come back. We didn't mention him yet, but, um, you know, the signs are good on Cameron Wake. And mm, yeah. that was a guy that I didn't expect to not have last week, by the way. Uh, I, I thought Cameron Wake on Bobby Hart 
was going to be or had the potential to be sort of a game-changing matchup it could have been and and who knows if he did play I mean that that game ended up the way it ended up but you know it, it's kind of teetered on a knife point at, at the edge or at the end of the game so mm-hmm. you never know what kind of factor might have tilted it the other way uh, I certainly think that if it was at home Miami would have won the game um, based on the way that it played out but uh, but now you get Cameron Wake and he's going against Bobby Massey, Bobby Bobby Massey, Massey yeah exactly yeah, Bobby Massey I don't I don't think that well of him mm-hmm. <laughs> as a pass protector. So um, I think that that's a that's a favorable matchup for for Miami. I think it's um, favorable on the other end as well with Charles Leno and uh, and Robert Quinn. Right, yeah. Quinn's yeah. played gangbusters all season. I think he's been terrific. Um, <laughs> he really has. So, but you know, give give Leno some credit. This year he's this year he's been good. He's yeah. been pretty good. Um, yeah. But I'd still I'd still back Robert Quinn. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's been yeah. he's been gangbusters just like you said. Uh, but one thing, and I want to get your guys' opinions on this because this, this floored me. I don't know what to make of it. I still don't quite know what to make of it. Last week, we talked here on this pod. Simon, you brought it up. and You said that uh, Andy Dalton is the best quarterback in the NFL versus the Blitz. Mm. I mean, at that stat, you said mm. – uh, you, know, you, you told us that. And, um, and we both agreed that, well, probably not going to matter much because Miami's not a blitzing team. They blitzed the oh. hell out of Andy Dalton, <laughs> didn't they? In, yeah. in this game, almost fifty percent of his of his dropbacks, there was a blitz on, and and this is way out of the norm for Miami's uh, for Miami's style of defense. Uh, again, you know, with uh, Matt Burke coming out of sort of the Jim Schwartz school, uh, they they rush with their wide nine defensive ends and uh, they're all out defensive tackles and. And they they get their pass rush on from the defensive line for the most part. They don't blitz a whole lot. This was out of the norm uh, for Miami to do that, especially against a guy who had a great reputation against the blitz. Uh, So it floored me that they were doing it and that it was so successful for about two and a half quarters, maybe. Mm. Um, And and maybe, maybe Andy started to find some, some ways to beat it at the very end, but could they unleash this? on a Trubisky I mean what's what's he gonna do versus the Blitz and yeah. Blitz is always a, a a test for a young quarterback right yeah Definitely. well we're gonna talk about that when we come back from break but first these words Hey, Juice, so October is here, and in my mind, that means only one thing. It is almost time for my favorite event of the year, and no big surprise, but it's an O.J. McDuffie party. Hey, you know it, Big Seth. The 17th Annual Signature Grand Ghoul presented by Calvin Giordano and Associates will take place on Monday, October 29th, and once again benefits 211 Broward, an amazing charity. We are transforming the Signature Grand into a 100,000-square-foot mansion for the sickest Halloween costume party in South Florida. And this costume party is for the grown folk, not the kids, Mm -hmm. yeah. We're talking open bar, amazing food, dancing, silent auction, and of course, contests and prizes for the most incredible costumes. And since the fish tank will be all up in the ghoul, as will a bunch of other hosts from our Five Reasons Sports family, let's do a little something special for the listeners. So what we need you to do is post a photo in your all-time greatest Halloween costume, tag your favorite Five Reasons Sports podcast, and use the hashtag DiveIntoTheGhoul. And the top four costumes will have a chance to win two tickets to the Signature Grand Ghoul on that October 29th. For more information on how you can join OJ and me at the Signature Grand Ghoul, visit 211-Broward.org and call 954-390-0493 and ask for Tracy. 
Josh Darrow here, host of the Five Rings podcast, where it's always a Canes thing on the Five Reasons Sports Network. What are we about? Pretty easy. I want to tell stories, and I want to share the journey for the players and coaches, past and present, affiliated with the University of Miami. Take Manny Diaz. He grew up in Miami. He grew up going to the Orange Bowl. It was, you know, it was all those 1980s teams. You know, that that's where it all started for me, and just just the style of play and. And really, it was it really took hold when Jimmy Johnson was here, and you know, sitting there in the Orange Bowl in '86 when we're whipping Oklahoma, and just you know what I mean, just just speed and then violence. You know what I mean? It, it, it you know we're not only you know you know Nebraska it was a changing of college football. It's those kind of memories we want to share with you. Listen, subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate the support. The Five Rings Podcast, where it's always a Canes thing, and we're always a part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And we're back. And before we get into the the actual game and talk about how we're going to attack Mitchell Trubisky, let me tell you about our other sponsor, BetQL. Want to get an edge over Vegas and the books? BetQL is available for download, and it's the only mobile app that puts all the important research you need to make smart bets in one place. With BetQL, you can easily access line movements to see how the lines have moved. This app gives you access to public betting trends in real time so you can see which side the public favors. BetQL's powerful algorithm gives users value bets of the day based off of detailed recent and historical trends. You can also calculate your return on your picks and track them throughout the day. The best part of all, you can download BetQL for free from your Apple or Android device. Head to BetQL.co to download the only app you need to outsmart Vegas. That's BetQL.co. BetQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. Well, before we went to break, we were talking about how much we blitzed against Andy Dalton. I thought it was kind of brilliant because it was working for most of the game, and then it kind of blew up in our face. But Well, it ruined the run for, for Cincinnati as well. It wasn't just those pass plays. And yeah. that's, that's part of where I think – that's where I'm interested. Well, I'm going to kick it to you, Chris. Is this the quarterback they should be blitzing against? Yeah, last week was not the quarterback. They should have been blitzing that much. Um, especially especially doing it so consistently that they can start to figure it out a little bit. And that's what he did toward the end of the game. He made some big plays against the Blitz. Andy Dalton did. But Mitchell Trubisky, I'm not so sure about. Uh, he is still a young player. He's still trying to feel his way into this league. Young players, I mean, you smell blood in the water. You, you, blitz, you blitz the heck out of them. I know that Arizona, in the game that they played in Arizona with Chicago on the road, as they will be in Miami, that, that game, I believe they beat Arizona something like 16-14. It was a very tight game, and the offense didn't get a whole lot done. Arizona did blitz him quite a bit, and they blitzed him effectively. And so I wonder about this new blitz approach. I, I decided to look back through the 2017 season because that was Matt Burke's first and only full season as a, as a defensive coordinator. And what I found is later in the year, he started to, he started to turn up the knob on the blitzes a little bit. And, um, and I'm, I'm wondering if he's 
turning back toward that now or if this was just the one game inexplicably against the best quarterback against the Blitz in the NFL? Um, you know, I don't know, Simon. What do you think? I've got a stat for you if you're interested. Go ahead. Yeah? yeah. Since Adam Gaze took over, how many points have we scored in the first quarter on average per game? I would say 0.0. 0. Maybe no, three. come on. Be realistic. Not okay. many. 2.4. Wow. That's all. We averaged, two, we averaged 2.4 points in the first quarter. I mean, what how that insane. Stat? There's, there's another one that's really insane about Adam Gaze. Uh, what was that statistic about um, – about how often we're trailing at halftime under Adam Gase. Keep in mind. Yeah, it's bad, though. He has a winning record. Yeah. How many times in Adam Gase's tenure have we led at the end of the first quarter? Oh. So that would uh, be 16, 32, 37, plus a playoff game. So 38 games, how many times have we led at the end of the first quarter? I'm going to say maybe five. Alf? Under five. It's not actually nine, which is higher than I, I thought it'd be. But how how many on the road? I think five. I think five might be the number of times we've been leading at halftime or something. Something insane like that. Yeah. Okay. So on led- the road, on the road, I would say twice, three times. Wow. And how many in in the thirty whatever I just said thirty eight games? How many totals? How many touchdowns have we scored in the first quarter? Offensive touchdowns. I mean, it must be, we must be like, it must be 30 odd, you'd think, right? I mean, I mean, 38 yeah. games, first quarter touchdowns, you think 30 offensive sure. genius, quarterback guru. I would say One six. Six. I mean, come um, on, be realistic. Ten. ten. Okay, it's eight. Eight. Wow. That is, that is pathetic. <laughs> that is the fucking shambles. So, <laughs> One out of five games, basically one out of five games, we score a touchdown in the first quarter. Yes. That is, wow. I'd, lo- I'd love to see the stats on how many times we go three and out in the, in the first quarter oh, in, in, in Gaze's tenure, because I reckon it'd be well up there. It, it, it does open up the question. I mean, what is Adam Gaze doing with these scripted plays? Because that's mm. this is you hear people talking about, and, and I, I realize that we're not coaches, and far be it from us to start picking on such things, but what are you doing in the first quarter that makes you this bad? <laughs> I don't think that's an unfair question, is it? Um, no, of course not. What are you not. doing on the road that makes you so bad? I've, I've brought this out before. They score 15 points a game on the road. They score 27 or 28 points at home. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, that is not usual. That is, I mean, the, the disparity, the usual NFL disparity is about three points, you know, maybe scoring 23 at home and 20 on the road. That's, that's the NFL at large and for Miami it's 15 on the road and 27 or 28 at home why are you so different why are you so different in the first quarter why are you so different in the first half and on the road like Adam Gaze please answer that for me before we get to predictions I just got a couple of very quick ones to get to you because it's closing in on 3 a.m um how do you think we control that front seven, especially the linebackers, when you're looking at Roquan Smith and Leonard Floyd and Danny Trevathan and Khalil Mack, obviously? Do you, do you think we have enough? You know, can we, do you think we can establish the run against those guys? Do you think that that, that – because that's essentially the best linebacker crew we potentially might face all season. So mm. what do you think about that? And the second question is, obviously, we all know who the Chicago Bears kicker is, don't we? And it is the Jupiter Juggernaut. Yes. He, <laughs> yes, and they made for him. I picked him up he in could, fantasy. He could come back and haunt us. Yes. With the, last kick, with the last kick of the game. What do you think kick about those two things? Miami. I know exactly, right? 
Although, Chris, we were there when he had that absolute goat fuck for the Browns where he missed about <laughs> nine kicks. He was playing for the other team time. back then. Maybe exactly. he's still that much of a Dolphins fan. Maybe. Like, he, Maybe. Can't, he can't hit field goals against us. As far as, controlling, as far as controlling that, that pass rush, I think it's going to have to be game plan driven. Uh, it, everything's going to have to be a little bit more designed, a little bit shorter, a little bit quicker. Uh, get Tannehill back to playing a little bit more conservatively because our defense, I think, can control their offense, and if not control, maybe even completely smash, I think, especially at home. And to get back to something that, that Chris had asked, are we going to blitz them? Yeah, if you look at their personnel, you know, you kind of want to occupy Tariq Cohen. So every time he's in the backfield, I would send a blitz their way. Why not? Yeah, yeah. don't let him get, get going, right? Yeah, so it makes perfect sense. I, I, you know, the scary guy is Khalil Mack, of course, but – we did play him last year, and I thought Jawan James played very, very well. Against Only allowed the- one pressure, uh, Jawan James did in that game. Uh, yes. Against Khalil Mack. And he faced Khalil Mack a lot because Khalil was on the left side for 35 pass rushes and only on the right side for five. Yeah. So- but when I look, at, I look at that defense, and they are stacked. That is a talented group. I think that they, they're the number one defense right now in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I think they deserve that designation. They have a lot of talent. Yeah, but it's, a lot of talent there. But it's not – I would not say I, – I, I would not say that we should be absolutely, you know, shitting our pants over it. Like, there's mm-hmm. stuff to attack on that team. I think that there's, there's, a, there's a bit of good fortune. I mean, this is, a, this is a bad defense you don't want to face anytime. But if you do have to face this defense, there's a little bit of good fortune in that you have – a guy who's going to face Khalil Mack, who is pretty good on his own when he's not getting penalized or doing something stupid. Jawan James is normally a pretty good right tackle as far as right tackles stack up in this league uh, and did all right against Khalil Mack just last year. So, um, so that's fortunate. Another fortunate thing is Akeem Hicks, who is a very strong defensive lineman, for them defensive tackle he's going to play a lot on jesse davis and if you look at akeem hicks's game he's a big big tall guy um if you look at his game he doesn't have the type of game that jesse davis has the most trouble with i don't think if that makes any sense um he's he's a little bit taller and more monstrous akeem hicks is and um and he's you know very physical and powerful and Mm. and pretty hands but Jesse Davis is taller and monstrous, has a great frame and is very strong and is very physical. So it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like a polar bear battle there. Um, so I think that uh, I, th- I think that that matches up fairly well for us. It's not that we're going to shut any shut people down necessarily. It's just that it matches up. All right. If we get Laramie Tunsil back, Leonard Floyd on the other side of Khalil Mack is not a very good pass rusher this year. Um, he's, he's not doing well. Uh, and so I think that Laramie Tunsil, you know, has, has an opportunity to really win a lot against that matchup and not just, you know, kind of come to a stalemate. Uh, and then, you know, there's some, there's some other matchups that I think that you like based on the way that they play their defense. We can get just like Arizona got Ricky Seals Jones opened up for a touchdown right at the beginning of that game. Uh, hmm. Seals Jones and Mike Gesicki, very similar players. Uh, Ricky Seals was actually he was actually a wide receiver at Texas um, A&M, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, Texas A&M. 
And, um, and so they're, they're similar. They can, you know, you might be able to make some hay there based on the way that they covered, not necessarily who it's against, not necessarily, oh, Roquan Smith is, is beatable, like that sort of thing. There's some fortunate stuff there. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, if you're blitzing Mitchell Trubisky a whole lot, uh, then you have a good chance to, if you're getting Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard in the backfield a whole lot, you have a good chance. Um, I think that we're going to be used to having faced a Taylor Gabriel type player because mm-hmm. Akeem Grant is, is a Taylor Gabriel clone. Uh, Dow Logans has said so himself. And speaking of Dow Logans, here's another fortunate thing. We have two coaches, Dow Logans and Adam Gase, who are quite familiar with a lot of these Chicago Bears players and schemes, um, or some of their schemes. Uh, well, particularly defensively, since Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, was there when Adam Gase was a coach and, uh, and certainly was there while Dowell Logans was, uh, was coaching there last year. And Dowell, you know, he knows a lot of those players. So I think that um, – I think there's a lot of fortunate stuff here. And I think that's why even though the Bears are a good team, really good team, and Miami just came off of two, you know – really frustrating defeats when the opening line opened up the bears were only favored by a very small amount who have we got prediction wise and what what we're thinking alf let's start with you okay i think the dolphins get back on track this week they get some offense their defense shuts down trubisky get some turnovers and they win a comfortable win 24 to 16 chris i don't i wouldn't say comfortable um because they're a really good team they are very, they're a very good team, and we're lucky if we don't get stopped here. Um, but at the same time, you know, listen, it's it's eight and one. It's really hard to argue with uh, with the Gay Stanhill combo at home. Uh, even though I know that Tannehill is having some difficulties that maybe he didn't have before, um, so I I'm gonna go with the Dolphins' victory here. I don't expect very many people to. Uh, so I think that. I think the Dolphins are going to come back at home. It's going to make a difference, and they're going to win a tight one. And because I don't have much faith in the offense right now, let's go with a 19-16. I'm going to go 31-30 to Miami, but it could also be 46-10 to the Bears because they're that good if that offense clicks like it did against Tampa. Um, Mm. Because Trubisky has a sort of skill set, especially the mobility that we hate. You know, Tyrell Taylor always used Mm. to really – trouble us Jordan Howard's a really good running back um I think if we can get our mojo back I think we can keep it tight if we can keep Khalil Mack quiet then I think we've got a chance and I think we match up well in the secondary so I'm going to go for a 31-30 Miami victory but I wouldn't be surprised if we got a curb stomping as well so mm. we shall see we shall be back on Monday we shall review it as per usual hopefully we'll be in better moods than we have in the last couple of weeks we'll be back next Thursday to preview whatever game it is the following week I have lost track at this point <laughs> in the season um, yeah I hope you enjoyed it enjoyed the quarterback chat that we had as well because God knows we need one and um, we shall be back soon goodbye thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy you can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.